was yesterday, sorry. Okay. Now, today we're um, looking at mindfulness, um, awareness, and the presence of God. And um, you're probably wondering, well, what does that mean? Um, I'm going to ask a question to get us started. Who gets anxious in life? Yeah, yeah. We've met a few of us. I think that's good. It's good to be being real. Um, anxiety is a big thing in our life that can, sorry, can debilitate us, it can stop us from thinking, it can stop us from entering into thing and being courageous. And what we're going to do today is some things that will help us with a bit of anxiety, um, but they're things that we build into our life. Now, we're, we're not going to see the reduction of anxiety for the rest of our life, but we're going to learn some methods and we're going to engage with some things that are going to just help us to sort of really connect with God. And it's going to be a good challenge for us because... Because we've got a large group of people today in this room, it's times like this that we think, this is when I get anxious, there's lots of people around me, how do I just sit with God and get that connection with Him? When we talk about mindfulness, mindfulness is about that connection with God. It's about sensing God, it's about being aware of Him. It's, it's more than just knowing that God's here. Everyone knows that God's here, right? Theologically, we know God is present. Um, Colossians, I've got my Bible here. You got your Bibles too? Yeah. Colossians 1, 15 to 17 says these, these words. This is how I know that God is here. And He's always here, no matter what we feel or do. It says, Christ, which is we know is God, is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and He is supreme over all creation. For through Him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. Colossians 1.15 He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through Him and for Him. He existed before anything else and He holds all creation together. Now we know that stuff, don't we? We know that God is present always and there's nothing that can remove Him from our presence. Okay? No amount of sin, nothing we do, nothing that we feel, nothing that happens is going to remove God from our presence. Agree? Yes. Yeah, we know that up here, don't we? But sometimes feeling it down here is a bit different, isn't it? What we want to do today is connect some of the stuff that we know up here with what's happening down here. Do you know what I'm talking about? This is the heart stuff. This is the stuff where we connect with God and it amalgamates or connects with our head. In other words, we do this alignment between those two things. Because sometimes in our life, what we do with anxiety is we, we live here and we don't live here. Because we know the truth, we know God's present, but then we think, oh, hold on, but my heart's telling me I should be fearful. It's telling me I should be nervous. It's telling me, don't do this. Just run away. Do you get like that sometimes? You get sweaty a bit and you just get palms and it's just like, I want to get out of here. So what we want to do today is we're just, I'm just going to give you some things we're going to think about. We're going to process some stuff. We're going to do what we call reflection on ourselves. We're going to become aware of what we know is here. God is here. He's always present. But we're not always aware of Him. We're not always mindful of Him. So mindfulness and awareness is becoming aware that he's here, knowing that he's here, and connecting our feelings and emotions with that, and then responding. Is that making sense? Is that okay? Is that sort of the thing you want to sort of know about today? How do I connect what I know up here with what's happening in here? So they make they come into alignment? Because we're really good as people at trying to keep them separate. Really good at just living up here in our head. 
Especially guys. We're pretty good at just living up here because we don't have to do this. Because this can be pretty scary sometimes. And sometimes, generally, girls, they, they live down here a lot and don't think up here. So it's actually a good chance for both of us to realise, OK, I know this, but I need to merge with that. And there's some of us who know this better than others, but we don't know that and we want to connect that together as well. So that's where we're sort of going. That's what we're sort of going to do. So mindfulness is about that ability, that connection um, with God and connecting in with that way. So we're going to begin the process of awareness. And I'm going to ask you a question. Now, you don't need to answer this out loud. I'm just going to ask you to start thinking and becoming aware that God is present. We know he's present, but we want to become aware he's present. The question I'm going to ask you, and you need to think about in your own mind and maybe in your heart, is what is God doing for you right now? Okay, what's God doing for you right now? Now, don't tell anyone, just think about it. Process that, connect with that. Maybe you want to go down here. Maybe you want to just go up here. Maybe you want to do a bit of both of those. And go, yeah, a bit of that, a bit of that. Yep. What's he doing right now? Okay. Now I'm going to ask you, how did you determine your answer? Where did that come from? Did you start here and say, yeah, look, I think God's hating me at the moment, you know, because I'm being really bad. Or actually, I think God just loves me heaps, you know. I'm just feeling the love, you know? Or maybe just said, yeah, look, I don't know what God's telling me at the moment, and you're up here. Or God's just saying, you know, get on with life. You know what I mean? So it's one of those things you started with. Now, that's a preference. You either started here or you started here. And it's good to be aware that that's where we start. So in other words, when we're in a strange situation where things are new, we either go here or we go here first. And it's good for us to start to be aware of that because when we connect with God and be aware of his presence, doing that process is the beginning of that. I want to ask you what feelings were evoked when, you asked, when I asked that question. What's God doing for you now? Did you feel anything at all? Maybe you did. Maybe you felt good, maybe you felt bad. Um, maybe you felt unaware. Connecting with God is very individual. Uh, we're led to believe in our... Um, evangelical world of, of the churches that we just connect with God just through the word of God and that's, that's how you're going to know God. You read word, the word and that's how you're going to know him. And we know that's true, don't we? We know you read the God Bible, that's where you find God, you understand that. But there's a guy called Gary Thomas and he talks in his book about pathways to God, pathways of connection to God. In other words, pathways of awareness of God. And each of us has a preference of how we want to connect with God. And I'm just going to list them out. And I want you to sort of think, now, which one do you prefer when you want to connect with God? You okay to do that? Okay, we're going to get into some practical things in a little while. But I just want you to think about what your preference might be for the way that you find your pathway or your connection to God. And these are the categories or the pathways or journeys that most of us prefer. Um, the naturalist is someone who loves God outdoors. So in other words... Some of us are sitting in this room now and thinking, oh, I'm not feeling very connected to God. I'm feeling really stifled and really clamoured. Get me outside, I'll be great. You know, put me in a city, put me in the mountains, put me in the ocean, just get me out of here. I just love connecting with God that way. Does that make sense? So some of us are like that. Some of us like to connect in that way. That's the naturalists. The sensates, they love God with all the senses. Smell, taste, feel, hearing, sight. All the five senses. So you want to engage all of that and have this 
complete sensory experience we've got. You know, they, they just want to somehow touch him and feel him and taste him. You know what I mean? Some of you are thinking, yeah, that's, that's me. I just want to embrace God completely like that's how I connect with God. Some of us are what's called traditionalists. So we love God through ritual and symbol. You know, we like a bit of order. We like how things are going. We like to see a cross when we come into church sometimes. Or we like to see maybe the communion table. Or there's some certain icons we see. We like to see our sign about church when we arrive here. How good, I'm home. I love that. I feel connected to God now. You know, those types of things. So sort of imagery. So some of us are like that. They're called traditionalists. Maybe you're an ascetic. That's A-S-C-E-T-I-C-S if you want to know how to spell that. Ascetic. They love God in simplicity and solitude. In other words, they just like to get away from everybody. Just like a bit of time by themselves with God. Um, and they just like to really just focus on Him. In fact, they might even just want to get rid of a lot of stuff in their life. They think, you know, we just live in such a material society. I just want to get rid of all that stuff. I just want a bit of solitude with God. I want to just live more simply, um, you know, and, and focus that way. Does that make sense? That sort of connection? So you might be an ascetic. That might be your preference. Maybe you're an activist. You're one who loves God through confrontation. You know, you, you see things about the, the refugees, asylum seekers, and you say, yeah, I want to help, help those people. I feel connected to God when I'm helping others. Or, you know, there's injustices in the world or throughout the planet. You want to do something about it. You know what I mean? You're driven in passion and you just want to, and you feel connected to God when you're out there helping and speaking into the political realm or whatever it is. Does that make sense? Some of you connect that way. We don't all connect that way. We might connect a little bit of all of these, but one of us would have preferences. That's the activists. And then there's the caregivers. They love God by loving others. So I love to help other people, and they say, oh, well, can I help you? You look like you need some help, you know. Oh, look, I love you. You know, can I help you? What can I do for you? And maybe go over and serve and help people. Um, I know there's been a lot of service being offered through Soul Survivor. You know, you might go and help people in different ways, do their lawns or meals, those sort of things. You know, those some things, helping people in practical ways. So that's loving God, their caregivers. Then there's the enthusiasts. They love God through the mystery and celebration. They're the ones who are jumping up and down in church, their hands up in the air, yeah, Jesus, yeah. And they're just really enthusiastic about Jesus. You know those ones? It's a little bit like me, sorry, that's who I am. So I just love that sort of energy and a, give me a church of energy and, and God being expressed. Maybe there's people prostrate on the floor, worshipping God or just raising their hands or dancing up the back or waving flags or whatever it is. Okay? That might be you. You might be an enthusiast. Someone who feels connected to God when you're doing those types of things. Then there's a bit of a contrast to that one called the contemplatives. The contemplatives are they, those who love God through adoration. They just adore God. They really just sort of like sit with God and just think, God, you're so beautiful, you're just so wonderful. Oh, I just love you. Oh, it's just amazing. Oh, yeah, I just I can't stop looking at you, God. That, those types of people, you know what I mean? And we, we do all do that at different times, but some of us love that more than others and we feel connected to God and we become more aware of your presence. So they're the contemplatives. And the last one, the intellectuals. They're the ones who love God through the, their mind. You know, get the Bible. Well, let's get this bit of scripture. Let's really pull it apart. And what about this passage over here and this? And, oh, wow, I feel really connected with God when I'm learning about him from that and I just pull that together. And, oh, wow, that's just awesome. Wow, that just fills my mind. Does that make sense, that connection? Some of you really love doing that more than others. And so that's your main connection. So hopefully you've been able to identify which one you are because I'm going to challenge all that today because today is a day about feeling a bit uncomfortable. Today is a day 
of trying new things. And I want to invite you on our journey today to try new things. I want you to be willing to enter into something else that maybe you haven't experienced before, even though you have a certain preference. In fact, I want you to think of your preference and think, how can I apply my preference to what we experience and do here today? Are you willing to do that? Maybe you're not. What I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you to just turn to somebody, maybe someone you know, and just share with them, just for the next couple of minutes, when you feel uncomfortable about something, what happens for you? Okay, when I feel uncomfortable, what I want to do is I just want to run. I just want to get out of here. I don't, but that's what I want to do. I just want to get out of here, thanks. Don't, don't, don't. You share with someone else, what do you do when you feel uncomfortable? So what do you do when you feel uncomfortable? I just sit there. I just, I just sit there and take it. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Where's the standing? Then I stand there and be like in there. Oh, you stand there on the closet. story of the whale. He felt uncomfortable of what God asked him to do. And what he did, what did he do? He ran away. That's what I feel like doing sometimes. Jonah actually did run away. But God still had his hand upon him, don't we, when we know the story and we read through that. It's a really good story to read if you're thinking about feeling uncomfortable and what that looks like. Well, today we're going to be doing some different things. And I want you to accept that difference is not necessarily wrong. Now, there's some things we might feel uncomfortable but there's difference is not necessarily wrong. Because often we think, oh, that's different to what I'm used to, therefore it's wrong. I want to encourage you to think, okay, just because it's different doesn't make it wrong. And I want to make sure you feel that, hey, no, it's different, but it's still focused on the Bible. The Bible is our centerpiece. That's where we start. In fact, when we talked about Gary Thomas's different pathways of connection to God, he has a whole lot of scriptural passages which prove his point. Now, we didn't have time to do all that today. But if you want those details, I can give them to you later and email them to you. He gives it like a study guide that helps you in just trying to process some of those questions and what that looks like, and he gives you some passages of Scripture. And he also gives you some warnings about some of those. If you're like an intellectual, what you do with that and what that means and how we've got to actually embrace the other different pathways as well to be more well-rounded in our faith and in our connection with God. A guy called Richard Foster, he also talks about this sort of spirituality 
where he connects that we need to be embracing all forms of spirituality and expressions so that we're more well balanced. It's like a wheel. You know, you want a round wheel, but each of the different focuses is like a spoke on, on those wheels. And if you have a different size spoke, the wheel's not going to be completely round, is it? It's going to be bumpy. It's going to go clunk, clunk, clunk. So he's encouraging us to sort of think about all these areas, even the ones that make us feel uncomfortable. In other words, don't just make yours a priority, otherwise your spoke of your priority will be out here and your wheel will really be clunky in the way that you go on in life. So uncomfortableness puts us in a heightened state of learning. That's part of what mindfulness is, it's part of how we learn. When we're in that sort of more um, anxious state or a little bit more tense, we're in a better place to learn than when we're just complacent and everything's going okay. Does that make sense? That's what your teachers do at school probably for you. They make you move around in the classroom, um, they make you do different things to give you a heightened place where you will be ready to learn. And so today is a day to say, okay, let's feel uncomfortable. Let's put ourselves in a heightened state of learning. Let's try some new practices. Let's try some new things. Now, some of these you may have already done before. I'm not sure. Some of them you may um, be aware of and never tried. Some of them you might think, oh, I don't think that's for me. I want to invite you to be part of that. If you don't feel comfortable and don't want to become uncomfortable, then don't do it. That's fine. You can just do whatever you want to do at that point. But I want you to continue to focus on being mindful and aware of what's happening for you inside. Why are you wanting to run away and not partake? Ask yourself that question and become more aware of yourself because that will affect your relationship to God and connect with Him. So what we're going to be looking at today are what we call new forms of monasticism. Monasticism, big word. Anyone know what monastic means? Monastic, the monastic period was around the 6th century um, AD. So that was the period of when the church had grown um, from the period of Constantinople and so it had grown and there was these, a bunch of people, and we call them monks, who went out and started to form new forms of spirituality. And during that period of time, they went out into the desert, some of the desert fathers and mothers, and they went out there to engage with God so they weren't distracted by the things of the, the Christian world of that day. And so they formed these different ways and practices um, of things like solitude and poverty um, and Bible reading and prayer, things that we take for granted in so many ways. Um, Sabbath rest, a whole range of different practices um, that people were engaged in. What happened with those practices is it helped them to stay connected with God. And there's a whole lot of readings that these people put out. And that was the monastic period. During the centuries after that, those were expanded um, and expressed and then we got to the period of the Reformation which is around 16th century AD. Didn't know you were coming for a history lesson today, did you? But what in 16th century, around then, was the period of what we call the Reformation. What was so significant about the Reformation? Anyone know? Any answers? Something was reformed, correct? Fantastic, exactly. There was this, this split from the Catholic Church because the Catholic Church had made some of these practices and the, how that looked really legalistic. In other words, you needed these things to get connected to God, to be with God. Um, so it was unfortunate because they'd lost sight of the gospel. They'd lost sight that it's simply scripture that saves you. It's through Jesus, Jesus alone that saves, not all these different practices. And so the Reformation was about challenging all of that and coming back to what the scriptures said. You know, if you want to learn more about church history and that, go to Bible college and learn a little bit more there. Um, and they go through a whole range of understanding of what happened during that period and why we think as we do today as churches in the evangelical world. 
So during that period, what happened is the Catholic Church continued on its way and the Protestant Church was formed, and that's what part of our stream is, the Protestant movement. What also happened in that period is all these spiritual practices, some of them we're going to do today, were discarded because it was all connected with the Catholic Church. Like I said, they got it wrong. For 1,500 years, they got it wrong. Now, that's a pretty big call to say they got everything wrong for 1,500 years, isn't it? Pretty big call. But that's basically what the reformers at that time said. So they started off. Towards the end of last century, as a movement of churches, we started to realise that, hold on, there's some stuff that we threw away that could be really helpful for us. And that came through the influence of our society around us. Because the society around us started to do things like meditation. They started to engage in astral travel. They started to find ways of dealing with stress and giving a peace for people. And the church, where we thought all these things should be, weren't there. So people said, well, I'm not finding it in the church. I'm going to go elsewhere. They'd find it in Buddhism, Hinduism, a mixture of all those things, Islam, um, New Age spiritualities. They mixed all those things to create a new form of spirituality. The church, we generally are pretty slow to catch up sometimes, but now we're trying to catch up. People like Richard Foster, Dallas Willard, got together and started a movement called Renovare. And they started helping Christians, evangelical Christians like us, to embrace God again and feel that peace of God. To say, hey, we've got something to help us with anxiety. We've got something to deal with peace. We've got something that helps us expand our faith so we can serve Jesus better. And that's what we now call as the new forms of monasticism. In other words, we've taken some of those old traditional practices and we've reformed them into something that's relevant and contextual for today in what we live. Does that make sense? We're making it relevant. So in other words, what you do today are practices that people have been doing for over 2,000 or more years. They're not foreign to us. They're foreign to a lot of our churches because we haven't used them, but they're not, just because they're different doesn't make them wrong. So we're going to be looking at some of those things today. We're going to be going through that. So we're going to do some practice, practical stuff now. Are you happy with that? Happy to do some practical stuff? Okay. Now, the good thing about doing what we're going to do today, some of us are going to find it challenging. Because some of us are full of energy and we always want to be out there, like me. You know, we just want to be go, go, go. And we get our adrenaline, which the chemicals in our body keep moving all the time, and we actually never stop. Today is a day where we're going to stop and still our soul so we can hear God and be present with Him. That's basically why we do what we do, to hear what God wants us to do so we can respond better. Now, if some of you are tired, be careful. I don't want you going to sleep. Okay, no sleeping. Anyone tired here? Admit you're tired. Oh, gosh, lots of tired here sleep. Boy, what do you do to these people, Emma? What goes on? Anyway, we'll do our best. So... What we're going to be doing now is something that's individual. We're going to be doing some stuff that we do in little groups as well. But what we're going to do is we're going to start individually with you and your connection with God. And I'm going to take you through a meditation, um, a scriptural, spiritual, Christian-based meditation. Okay, We're not talking about New Age spirituality meditation. Their meditations empty themselves. They empty themselves of everything so they can fill them with whatever. But we don't empty ourselves. As Christians, we fill ourselves with the Holy Spirit of God. Because when you fill something, anything else that's in there goes out, doesn't it? When you fill a glass of water, if you want to get rid of the air in there, you fill it with water, and the water removes the air. So what we're doing is we're filling ourselves with the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to ask you now just to really calm yourself. I'm going to ask you maybe, some of us close our eyes, and it's best to do that 
just to sort of get us used to that. Get in a comfortable position, whether you feel comfortable. Um, if you can lean against something, do that. If you don't need to, and you can just slouch or whatever. Or you might want to sit and back up high. Whatever, whatever works for you. But be up, at least upright. Upright is good. Yeah. At least upright in some way. Not under there, it's not good. So at least upright. Once you just close your eyes, don't worry about anyone else around you. This is you and God. I'm going to ask you, once you've closed your eyes and you've just stilled your soul, you're going to have to do some intentional things in your life. So close your eyes and put your hands on your lap. And I want you to put your hands facing up. And I'm just going to ask you to invite the Holy Spirit to fill you. So we're using what we call a tactile approach, a physical approach. So I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. And your hands represent that filling. In other words, you're receiving from the Holy Spirit. You're engaging your whole body in connecting with God. We are human beings. We are here, mind, body, soul, and spirit. All that together makes us one. So we want to use all the parts of our senses today in connecting with God. So ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill you afresh. So come, Holy Spirit. Speak to me. Lead me. Help me. Now what I'm going to ask you to do is if you are feeling distracted and something comes to your mind as you ask for this feeling, put your hands face down and say no to what that distraction is. So put your hands down and say no. So maybe it's like you've got assignments due or something next week. Just say, put your hands down. I want you to, this, we've got to learn to do this. Put your hands down and say no. I'm not going to focus on that. I want to receive the Holy Spirit. And then turn your hands back up again and receive with the Holy Spirit. And just keep doing that for a while. And if a new distraction comes as you ask the Holy Spirit to come in, put your hands down and say no. Just in your mind, say no to that distraction. And once you've said no, turn your hands again and receive the Holy Spirit. Just keep turning your hands up and down as you need to so that you can receive more of the Holy Spirit. Stay in that state. Because now I'm going to take you through a guided meditation from the scriptures. I'm going to read out Psalm, part of Psalm 1, and then I'm going to guide you through that. Now, this is the visualization you have in your mind. So, as you're opening yourself to the Holy Spirit, I'm going to just read the first part, and we're going to focus on the imagery that comes out of the scripture, and I'm going to guide you through that with this meditation. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Okay, we've got an image here of a tree next to a stream of water. I want you to now imagine that tree is you. Because that's the imagery of this analogy in this description. 
picture yourself as that tree. What's it look like for you? Is it thin sapling, young, not many leaves on it, maybe no fruit? Maybe it's a larger tree, feeling robust and strong, lots of leaves and fruit that's coming off that. Or maybe you're sort of a tree where you think, I haven't quite got fruit, but I feel okay and stable. My roots go right into the soil deep. Imagine yourself, what's your tree look like for you? Tree planted by streams of water. Now I want to ask you, once you've got a picture of your tree in your mind, so I want to imagine where's the water for you? Where's that stream of living water? How close is it to your, the roots of your tree? Is it a long way away? Or is it close? Connect. Long way away means you feel far away from God. Maybe the stream's right close, you feel close to God at the moment. So just imagine where that stream is. The tree, the streams of living water. Now as you sit there with that imagery, you see this man walking towards you. As you look at this man, you recognise it's Jesus. You don't know how you know, you just know it's Jesus. Maybe pictures you've seen of him in art, or maybe that's the impression you have, but you know it's Jesus, and he's walking towards you right now. He's wanting to speak with you. So you're no longer a tree, you're a person. And the streams of living water is the word of God. As Jesus comes towards you, I want you now to ask yourself, what's he saying to you? Now that'll be individual, that'll be different. But what's Jesus wanting to say to you right now? Let him speak. to you. I want you to, in your mind and in your heart, respond to him. Are you able to say yes to what he's saying? Are you able to receive what he said to you? Or do you want to reject what he said? Do you want to just run away? I'm not sure. But respond where you're at at the moment with your heart and with your mind. Connect with Jesus. to Jesus, imagine Jesus walking back along the mangrove, wherever he is, and then just come back to the room and just sit in the space for a second as we wait for everyone else to return.
if you're not yet back, just to return now. Let Jesus go. Return. Just turn to someone near you and say what happened for you when you did that. You might think, look, that was a load of crap for me. <laughs> or you might say, actually, oh, I felt God say something. So just share with someone nearby what happened for you in that particular time in this space. <laughs> So then I went, planted myself home for the stream. <laughs> and then, uh, and then Jesus came. And, uh, I felt him say the word complete. I don't need to complete something. Or, Anyone who struggled with it? 
hear those stories because we interpret our own visions that God meets with us because um, we're used to we actually speak a lot in metaphors and pictures and imagery um, if you look in the Bible 80% of the Bible is narrative or, or imagery um, metaphors so we can understand it and when we fail to do that if we just do what we call just direct teaching from the word in that way without allowing people with imagery we actually I think lose something on the strength and power of what God's trying to say to us so thanks for sharing that so it's we need to realise, what does that mean for me? What's God saying in that particular visual? Because it will be different for all of us. Because we have different experiences, um, different exposures, different um, ways of seeing things. People from different countries, different families, different genders. We will see things differently because of our different upbringings and different events that have happened in our life. So we need to interpret our own, own things. People can assist us and help us sometimes, but it's important for us to become aware. What's God saying to me through this sort of visualisation? Yeah. But great, great sharing. Anyone else want to say something? Yeah, who's struggled with it? Anyone who's struggled? Yeah, thanks for being honest. It is hard. I remember my first time thinking, what's going on here? This is stupid. I can't even get into this thing. Does anyone else feel like that? Couldn't get into it? Yeah, yeah, it's good to be honest. It's okay. It's okay. It's not everything's going to be for everybody. Different horses for different courses, so to speak, you know. Um, but at least you try. It's good to at least give it a go and feel uncomfortable with getting out. It wasn't for me. But what I found interesting is, even though it wasn't for me originally, I started to think, oh, I might try that thing again, and actually love it now. I love those visualisations, love those connections and that type of thing. Um, I have to sort of think, why, why was I disconnected from it? Why didn't I enjoy it? What was it for me? So that's part of awareness and being mindful, asking ourselves those questions. It's all about the question we ask ourselves and the tapes that we play in our head, or those recordings, I should say, sorry, tapes is an old word now. Oh, that's how old I am, you know. Those recordings in your head, you know, the MP3s or whatever. <laughs> okay. Okay. We, well, we've tried a meditation, a guided meditation. So that's what we might be called a spiritual, Christian-based guided meditation. So if you want to do that, you can do that in a group. Um, you can lead that or facilitate it. You can do that yourself. You can take yourself through that same process. You know, preparing yourself by putting your hands up and down, being connected to God so that you move the distractions around you so you can be centred on God um, and then start to have a piece of scripture, read it out and then think, okay, this, there's some good imagery here, you know, um, Jesus is here talking about um, the tree, you know, uh, and, I, and, and connect yourself into that story. Um, one, one thing um, people have done with stories is during the passion narrative, as Jesus walks through the streets, um, there's different people on the sides watching him. And it's good that as we read the passion narrative, the story of his death, to put yourself as one of those observers and you take yourself through the meditation. As you read the story, you imagine yourself watching this man bleed before you being beaten and, and, and let the emotions connect with that. It's really powerful. It's a powerful thing to do. Because the, the parables and those narratives aren't written just for here. They're to connect here as well. So we've got to make sure we allow space for that in our life. Um, this is a generation, the younger generation coming up, are very much about not creating space or what we call margin in their life to just hear God. Because you've constantly got Facebook, you're on phones, you don't want to miss out, you know, fear of missing out, FOMO, I don't want to miss out, 
Um, so I'm going to be on my, my phone as much as I can. I'm going to be texting whenever I can, messaging, whatever it is, Snapchat. I just want to be part of everything because I want to feel included. And they're, they're fine things, but when they predominate our time, it actually takes us away from being mindful and aware of God and His presence. Because what we're finding is we want to find what we're lacking in our lives in these other things rather than in God. Mindfulness and awareness and doing something like that reminds us that I need to connect with God and say that he's more important than all this other stuff. Um, this other stuff will work itself out as I try to find out who I am in Christ as I grow up. It's not easy growing up. Who am I? Who am I as a Christian? Who am I as a student? Who am I as a, as a family member? Who am I in this, this, this place? Who am I? It's a good question to ask. But we need to be ensure it's informed by what Jesus says we are in him. So these techniques guide us to be reminded of those things, that we're his child, we're part of his kingdom. Okay, you prepared to do something else now? Yeah. Okay, do you want to do a bit of Lectio Divina? Yeah? Yeah, yeah. I've got one yes. Anyone else for a bit of Lectio Divina? Yeah. yeah. Woo. Okay, does anyone know what Lectio Divina is before you say yes to it? Anyone? Yes. Yeah, divine, divine reading. Lectio means to read. You know, when we talk about lectionary or lecture, um, that's from the Latin word lectio. Divina is divine. So it's divine reading. Um, once, I, Like I said, it, 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 Lectio Divina was basically um, moved forward by a guy called, um, a monk called Gaio. I can never spell his, say his name right. Gaio. He was a Carthusian monk. And um, he was around the 12th century. And so he just gave us a little bit of a, a framework of how to do Lectio Divina, in other words, divine reading. Um, we have readings in the church, we do scripture readings, but often we just hear that and go, yep, okay, move on. But what we're going to do today with Lectio Divina is an ancient practice which is now being reinvigorated in this new monastic period, and it's a chance to say, okay, what's God saying to me from the Word? What, what things do I pick up on? If you've got your Bibles, um, this is a good time for you to be using your Bible. Because what we're going to do, I'll be reading from the NIV, the revised version, um, NIV, so that's what I'm going to be reading from. But there's going to be four steps that we do. We're going to read the scripture out loud. Lectio Divina is done out loud because it's Lectio, it's speaking out. So it needs to be read out loud. You can do this in your own room at home, you can do it by yourself, you can do it in the bush, you can do it with other people, you can do it with one person, you can do it with a whole room of people. Um, and so we're going to do Lectio Divina as a whole group today. Um, I'm going to get you to share individually, but we might be able to share in the group as well. So the first thing is we read, then we reflect, we reflect on what that is, then we respond, and then we rest. Okay, four R's. Read, reflect, respond, rest. Okay, that's basically um, what Carthusian, the Carthusian Mark Gigo gave us. That four, the four R's. Easily take that away, can't you? Four R's. So we're going to read the scripture. As I read it, I want you to reflect on it. In other words, what stands out for you as an individual as it's read? I'm going to read it three times. I'm going to read it slowly. I'm going to read it intently. And as it's read, I want you to just sit and listen. Okay? This is going to be for the listening people. There's some people who like visuals. Some people who like listening. There's some people who like touch. We're focusing on the listening people. Are you going to hear it? What stands out for you? If you want to, you can mark it in your Bible as it goes through. And you can say, oh, that stood out for me, that, that phrase or that word or that concept or 
whatever just jumps out at you. Okay? Our learning is situational. We learn what's relevant for us at this particular point in time. I remember when I went to Bible college, I did a whole lot of these subjects. They were irrelevant at the time. But when I got into pastoral ministry, I thought, uh-oh, that's really important. But when I learned it at the time, it didn't have any meaning. What we're doing now is actually finding the parts of Scripture that are going to speak to us as an individual. What's relevant for you. Does that make sense? As I read it, just sit with that. You can look at the words as I read it. I'm going to be reading Psalm 61. And I'm just going to read it three times through. And whatever stands out for you, highlight it or whatever disconnects. It might just be a word or a phrase. Just let that happen to you, okay? We've invited the Holy Spirit here. He's in your life. He's speaking to you. We're using the Word of God. We're connected to what He wants to say to you through the word reading of this particular passage. Okay, you ready to listen? Okay, let's seal ourselves again. It's important just to seal ourselves. Sometimes it's hard to do that. What I do, and this is a physiological thing God's given us, is hold your shoulders back because that increases the our rib cage to allow more oxygen into our body. This is actually helpful for those who've got anxiety. You know, if you're diagnosed with anxiety or you feel that, you hold your shoulders back. Because what happens when you get anxious? You actually crouch over and you can't breathe. You know what I mean? And so you get But if you hold your, physically remind yourself, hold it back. Then I'm going to ask you to just take a deep breath in through your nose. Just slowly, just naturally and slowly. And then breathe out through your mouth just naturally as well. And do three of those to just... And breathe out slowly and just do it very intently and, and calmly. Not like <laughs> okay, just, just real. And just do three of those with your shoulders through, and then you'll just your anxiety will be reduced because you're having more oxygen into your body. And then I'm going to read this out and then just see what stands out for you. So you're preparing yourself to hear what God wants to say. And just follow along. It'll probably be different depending on what version you have. Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. From the ends of the earth I call to you. I call as my heart grows faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the foe. I long to dwell in your tent forever and take refuge in the shelter of your wings. For you, God, heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. Increase the days of the king's life, his years for many generations. May he be enthroned in God's presence forever. Appoint your love and faithfulness to protect him. Then I will ever sing in praise of your name and fulfill my vows day after day. And that's it, and I'll read it again. Something you might jump out this time, but see, it might be the same. <laughs> Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. From the ends of the earth I call to you. I call as my heart grows faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the foe. I long to dwell in your tent forever and take refuge in the shelter of your wings. For you, God, have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. Increase the days of the king's life, his years for many generations. 
may he be enthroned in God's presence forever. Appoint your love and faithfulness to protect him. Then I will ever sing in praise of your name and fulfill my vows day after day. That's it. One more time. Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. On the ends of the earth, I call to you. I call as my heart grows faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the foe. I long to dwell in your tent forever and take refuge in the shelter of your wings. For you, God, have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. Increase the days of the king's life, his years for many generations. May he be enthroned in God's presence forever. Appoint your love and faithfulness to protect him. Then I will ever sing in praise of your name. And fulfill my vows day after day. Okay. So just note some things that come out for you. If you want to jot down some notes. There might have been a phrase that jumped out for you. It might have been something that you particularly connected with. So I want you to respond to God with that. As that comes out, if you reflect on that, I then want you to ask, I'm not going to share, actually, we'll, we'll just make this a personal time. Just respond to God. What's he saying back to you? What that word was? Maybe it connects with other pieces of scripture. Um, if you're an intellectual person, you might think, oh yeah, I can see that. Well, connects in the Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. You know, you might do that. That's fine. You can do that. Uh, you might be, like, just get caught up with the heart of it. You know? Whatever it is for you, just connect with that and see what God's saying to you. Jot down some notes. I'll just give you a few minutes on that because I've got some other things we want to do as well. I'm just giving you a taste of some of these different techniques that you can take away and develop more. What jumped out of you? And then ask why did that jump out for you too? That's a good question to ask. Why did that particular thing jump out? Maybe there's something going on in your life that you need to get in touch with God now. Just on the response, what I'm going to get you to do now is we're going to do the fourth stage, which is rest. And what we do in the rest is we just let go of ourselves in a sense and let God continue to work in us at a much deeper level. So as we let the word of God sink deep into our soul, as we've responded to that, that we just let God be God in our life. In other words, we let go of our own agendas. We let go of the need for our own self-control. And we just let God continue to work in our life. It's sort of like a recalibrating of ourself realigning ourselves to God and what he wants in our life. So we often do that just by closing our eyes so we're not distracted by those around us. Um, 
get into that comfortable position again. If you want to put your hands up to receive from him again, that's often a good thing because she's sort of reminded physiologically, I just want to receive you. I just want to let these words sink deeper into me. And I'll just do that for a minute or so. Starts you to come back now. So that's Lectio Divina. Um, you can do that, you can expand that as long as you want, you can do it as short as you want. Um, it's very flexible of what you do. You can do it in a group, like I said, or you can do it individually. It might be something that's helpful for you. Um, so you can reflect on that as we go. So hope that was alright. Something different? You tried that before? Anyone tried that before? I have one person, a couple of people in my classroom. <laughs> so that's a different thing. You might find that helpful. Um, you might not. That's okay. So sometimes when we're audio, people can find that quite helpful and they can process that um, in their learning in that way. Now time's getting away from us, but there's one more thing I'd like to take us through today. And, um, and it's a use of audio and visual. In fact, it's called Visio Divina. So Visio Divina is when we focus on a particular picture um, and we allow that picture to inform what God's saying to us. We look for what God's saying through that picture. Uh, now, there's lots of art we could use. There's lots of different um, pictures and, and photos. Um, some people even can just sit in, in front of a picture um, and just look at that. You could maybe do it in an art gallery or you could look through a magazine. But you can go in the, in the outdoors and just look at God's creation and just sit there and let God speak to you. So Visio Divina is where we use our eyes, visual obviously, because Visio is visual, sacred looking. So we're looking for what God's saying. We're being intentional and aware and mindful of what God's wanting to say through the picture that is put before us. Um, now we might choose that picture or he might give that to us in some way. We might be walking along and then we just want to stop and we maybe contemplate, well, what's God saying in this? Um, Sometimes when I go um, bushwalking and I just have that chance just to sit on a rock and I look out on a, a big valley, maybe up at Blackheath, um, and I look out, I'll just go to Genesis 1-1, in the beginning God. And I use that scripture and I think in the beginning God, what did, what did you do? Created, yeah. What do we see before us? God's creation. So then I allow that informing of who God is and his greatness and his magnificence and I pick up a whole lot of those understandings of God simply by starting with his word and allowing the picture to, to inform me. So therefore, those pictures tie in with what I'm saying. So what we're going to do to finish up today, because I think we go to about 10, is that right? What we're going to do is we're going to do a visual with some sound 
and I'm just going to allow you to sort of, if you want to look at the visual, you can. Um, um, if you want to, sorry. Let's get this set up. So what I want you to do is just, if you want to look at the visuals, you can, or you can just respond. This is a Taze music called Come Holy Spirit. So just allow that. If you want to sit in quietness, put your hands up, relaxed state, visio divina. What's God saying to you through the picture and the words, Come Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit, 
Transform our hardened hearts. Soften them to be more into the likeness of your Son, serving what Jesus is causing. And we just thank you for what you're wanting to do in our lives and what you've already begun. Expand us, we pray, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, thank you very much for being patient with trying some things that might have been uncomfortable for you. Or thank you if you've enjoyed, I hope you've enjoyed something of today and there's something you can take away and explore a little bit more. If you want to sort of develop a little bit more in some of the spiritual practices, I encourage you to go to a website called Renovare. So go to Renovare. Renovare are an American-based organisation, but they're also starting to come into Australia further. So I encourage you to connect with that website and they'll give you some other practices. Yes, Renovare is R-E-N-O-V-R-E with a little accent on the top. R-E-N-O-V-R-E. A-R-E, the action on the E. So, yeah. All right, God bless you. Thanks, Good. Sorry, you can email. Yeah, yeah.